0: Urban Spelunking is supported by Landmark Credit Union. Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Imig, from 88.9. Back in downtown this week on Urban spelunking on the corner of Vel R. Phillips in Wisconsin. This is a, a prominent, beautiful building that's been there for a long time, and it had one long, long tenant for years and years, at least up until 2018. We're talking about the old Boston store building, and this is really um, a historic building. It's, it's on the Register of Historic Places in Wisconsin. And I was surprised to learn, maybe maybe this is silly, uh, but I didn't know that Boston Store was founded in Milwaukee.
1: It was. It was founded here in 1897.
0: Everybody knows this, I guess. I didn't know this. Everybody but you. I, I think I might have thought it was from Boston. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: no, I'm sure you're not the only one.
0: I know like uh, there's a percentage of the people listening right now that are with me. And then, you know, there's right, right. I don't know which way. We're
1: starting feuds all over town.
0: <laughs> all right. So this, is, this has got a bright future. There's a lot of development happening in this former Boston store building known as the Hub 640. So let's start there. What's going on in the present day at the old Boston store?
1: Um, so it's bought by this real estate development company and they are converting it into space for retail and office users. A few years back, some of the upper floors of part of the building were converted by a different developer into apartments. So there are some loft apartments in there.
0: And just to give people a sense for scale, this is a big building. It's a big corner building, and it's kind of a complex, right?
1: Yeah, there's a there's sort of a at least two different buildings with then a couple of additions yeah. to the south. So really, you could argue it's three or four buildings, and it takes up all of Ville Phillips between Michigan and Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. So it's 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 big.
1: <laughs> so it's big, yeah. So when you're especially when you're inside, it feels really big because there are almost no partitions. I mean, if you go on the floors where there used to be the department store, it's just big, wide open space. You can see you could st- you could stand by the windows overlooking Wisconsin Avenue and see all the way down and through the windows oh, out cool. onto yeah. out onto Michigan. So it's really a huge you really get a sense of kind of the scale of how big the store was back when it filled all of the floors of this building. And I should say the number of floors varies depending on where you are in the building.
0: So all that space uh, gives you a sense for the potential of this building of of all the different kinds of tenants and how it could be divided up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, they have their first tenant has a big, pretty big space on the second floor where there's also some amenities that they've put in. Um, But if you go like the first floor, wide open the whole space, and they're hoping to get sort of um, one big retail tenant in there, or they'll divide it up. You know, it's fine, but you just get a sense that they they could really do anything they want because they could cut it up into little offices, they could cut it up into little stores, There's really or any combination of those things.
0: Well, this, I think, kind of signifies the larger story here around kind of the return to work and getting back into in-person work in downtown, especially, in fact, right in this neighborhood, Milwaukee Tool is going to be expanding.
1: Yeah, they're going to have their headquarters basically a block away, so there's going to be a ton of people downtown looking for places to shop and eat at lunch uh, and maybe before and after work, so that really kind of changes... What this might look like in a few years. Plus, uh, right across the street is the convention center, and that is the expansion of that is right. set to oh, begin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we talked about last last week, on the other side of the river, there is stuff happening in this area that, that really is exciting. So, what's the timeline here? Uh, it's. I mean, they're they're starting. They're looking for tenants. They already have a tenant in there. They have another potential one. When I was there, that was uh, that they were getting ready to potentially sign a deal. I think, and okay. um, then they'll build out as as required, right? I mean, so they're not, they're leaving the space open until they know who wants to move in and what they want to do with it.
0: So a lot of potential and, and definitely the right kind of opportunity for the right kind of tenant to really design the space that suits them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I should say too, that it's also still going to be connected to the former Grand Avenue Mall, which is called the Avenue. And there's offices in there. And there's going to be the Third Street Market Hall literally right outside their door in the former mall space opening soon as well. So- that's
0: exciting. Well, fingers crossed for this iteration of this building and and you know it's been it's been a troubled to say the least. Um collection of buildings in downtown Milwaukee, this big question around the future of the Grand Avenue, but I, it's going to look a lot different there in the next few years it as, sure as that food hall opens up and um, we'll see what happens. We're going to be watching it closely. Well, coming up on the second part of our conversation, we're going to go back into the building and wind back the clock to 1900, which seems new compared to the building we were talking about last week, which was what, 1860s? 1860s right. So we're going to talk about the history of this building, the history of Boston store, and uh, more about some of those Easter eggs you found on your tour. That's coming up next on Urban Spelunking. Support for 88.9 Radio Milwaukee comes from your membership and Landmark Credit Union. Landmark Credit Union is proud to support Urban Spelunking and is proud to have been guiding members with financial options since 1933. Information about membership is at LandmarkCU.com. Landmark Credit Union. Donation comes in many forms, a sustaining membership, one-time gift, and even that vehicle you no longer use. Whether it's a car, truck, or boat, donating is a great way to support this station. Even if it's no longer running, your vehicle donation could be worth hundreds of dollars in support of the programming you enjoy. Get the process started today by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org slash cars. All right, and we're back on Urban Spelunking at the old Boston store building. This was, uh, you know, not not vacant, it hasn't been vacant for long. Boston Store left in 2018. I remember uh, going there when it was probably in its last year and it was still it still looked like a Boston Store. It wasn't like um, you know, it definitely was not how it used to be, but um it did I think a lot of people were wondering what was gonna happen with this building. It's huge as we talked about in the first half. Um but you know, the Boston store that was there in the in the early days kind of used this interesting, um almost like public market model, which when it was founded here in the city, which blew my mind in the first half, I had no idea. <laughs> but kind of a different approach to department stores.
1: Yeah. So Julius Simon started it in eighteen ninety-seven in a building that is on Highland and uh Old World Third Street. Okay. Soon to be King Drive. Um and that building is still there, beautiful building, and it was long home to the Have a Nice Day, or was for a while home to the Have a Nice Day Cafe, Do you know ah, what yes. I mean? yes.
0: Yeah, the big smiley face. It's yeah, right yeah, back. Yeah.
1: So it's on the <laughs> northwest corner, beautiful building. Uh, it was there for a couple of years, and then um, he moved to this relatively new building, which was the what we now call the Boston Store Building, which had been built in 1895 after the previous building on that site had burned down. It was a furniture okay. factory. So that burned down. They built this new building, 1900- Uh, Simon moves the Boston store in there, and as you say, it had this interesting approach because he specialized in, um, like, clothing and fabric and shoes and carpets and that sort of thing. But he also then leased space to other vendors who specialized in other things like hosiery and undergarments. Somebody else sold leather goods. Somebody else sold jewelry. So it was really, like, what we think of as a department store except that all of the the departments were kind of owned and operated by different people.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a consignment shop, or
1: or like a food hall, like you yeah, said, like of,
0: like a model we're almost returning to. And interesting that that you know the food hall that's going to be at Great Avenue is going to kind of employ that same model now in in 2021.
1: So two of these vendors that he had been working with from Chicago, uh, Nathan Stone and Carl Hertzfeld, ended up basically buying him out in 1906. They they started before that they had started buying up some of the other leases, um, and then ultimately in 1906 they bought stone out and then over time they bought out all the other leases and consolidated it into the one big department store owned by this single entity. Interesting. Okay. Yeah.
0: So this that was all Boston Store trivia. I I'm I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm now up to speed. I had no idea about this history. What I loved in the story too is when you look at some of the the stuff you dug up in in terms of the history of this building, you found this architectural rendering from the 19 I think it was 1920 um, and it was of this proposed addition to this building, this kind of tower that was going to go on the corner.
1: Yeah, and they built the addition. It was designed by uh, Henry Koch and his son Armand. Um, and they ended up building the addition, but they didn't build the tower. It had like a like a nine-story tower or something at the top that had a— I think it had a, clocks on the, on the sides and a flagpole at the top and very just sort of— Uh, Imposing-looking thing, but it would have been pretty regal if if they'd built it. But uh, that part never got built.
0: Yeah, can you imagine like just having that today on the corner of uh, Vellar Phillips in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. Uh, this big, big tower? What I love too about the rendering, then, I think this is some of the coolest stuff that you dig up in your stories, Bobby. Is these like ads and these um, newspaper clippings and these renderings, and this is. This looks like an architectural rendering that you'd see today where there's like, you know, kind of the, the traffic whizzing by and the people who are kind of blurry and mm-hmm. uh, it looks very aspirational. I was
1: just – I was a little disappointed there was no blimp up in the sky. <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <right. laughs> and no zeppelins up in the sky.
0: <laughs> um, I just like – it's very cool that that is kind of the way we still do it today and – uh, it says contemplated addition to Boston store yeah. uh, from 1920. All right. So this, you know, Boston store was there forever. It was, it was there for like 120 plus years.
1: 100, no, well, it was in that building for 118.
0: 118. Okay. So almost 120 years. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: But you know, I should say that even though that tower never got built, if you go to the, I and mean, that was going to be right on the corner of Michigan and Bill R. Phillips. And if you go there, Now, you, of course, won't see the tower, but if you see the entrance that was sort of the second main entrance because the first was on the Wisconsin side, it's got this beautiful terracotta with these great – there's a peacock there and there's a ship for some reason. I'm not sure why there's a ship or a peacock. Um, Maybe kind of maritime little – Yeah, and there's also a caduceus.
0: What is that?
1: I never knew this was the name of this. <laughs> it's that symbol for the medical profession of like the snake. Going ah, yes. Around, you know. What is it? Um,
0: it's a caduceus. A caduceus. Okay, we've all learned. I've learned a lot on this episode, Boston Story yeah, trivia. Too, right? The caduceus. So right? I'm
1: not sure why those are on there, but they're beautiful to look at. So it really is a it, it's a it's a really pretty building.
0: That's on the outside. What else? What else did you find inside?
1: What's really cool is that um, the building that was on the. Corner of Wisconsin and Velar Phillips originally, the one that had burned down, was a shorter building than the building that still survives just to the south of it. Okay. Um so that building, that second building off the corner, had some signs painted on the outside as sort of advertising for tenants in the building. And then when they built after the fire, when they built the new uh Boston store building in 1895, they built a taller thus obscuring the signs. Oh, okay. But, so the
0: outside became the inside. So the
1: outside became the inside. And when they tore out all the fixtures and all that sort of stuff from the Boston store, they revealed these signs a couple of years ago. So there's these beautiful, like hand-painted advertising signs that are now inside the building that hopefully if, I mean, if that was my office space, I would keep those there.
0: Yeah. You know, just because they're, they're I'm so cool. sure you cool. would. They're so cool. So I think know, a lot of people think about ghost signs as being outside, but you find them all the time inside. Yeah,
1: and Adam Levin, who we've actually had on the podcast, is a is a wrote a book on ghost signs, and you know he finds them all over the place. Because pe- now that he's sort of the guy for ghost signs, people send him on, oh, go check this one out, go check that one out. <laughs>
0: Uh, who like who knew you could build a reputation and just become known as like the ghost sign guy he's like, done it he's done it it's he's, amazing the man had a vision and he he had made a vision. it happen.
1: yes so there's some other cool stuff inside too like they they pulled up carpet and stuff so you can see the on the upper floors you can see the old hardwood floors um on the main floor you can still see the the decorative capitals at the top of the columns um there's a little on one of the upper floors is a little, one of the columns still has some what old wallpaper on it from, yes. <laughs> from when it was some department or another. I can't tell. I'm looking from at looking, it right now. It's, it's got, got roses and and flowers. It's very um, pretty. So it's kind of interesting to see these like little remnants of things. What I was really looking for though on one of the upper floors was the remnant of the monorail. There used to be a monorail at Christmas time. What? You kids could go up and ride on this monorail that went around like the toy department.
0: So inside Boston Store, yeah, you inside, go on a little train ride. Okay. Yeah.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't find any sign of that.
0: Well that I, I there's pictures, I hope
1: I haven't seen them, but I'm sure there are there yeah. must be
0: so much history in this building. I just had no idea the Boston store was there for so long.
1: Yeah, you know, that yeah, they were
0: continuously in this building,
1: well, and it struggled for a while at the end, and they got some city financial assistance to stay open there and I mean, I remember um when I moved here in the eighties, the mall had just the Grand Avenue Mall had just opened, and the Boston store was still many stories. Like you could go up to, I don't, I'm going to get this wrong, but the fourth floor and see furniture. And I mean, it really was much bigger than what it had had become in the end when it was just down to two floors.
0: Well, Hub 640 is what's coming next in this building. And as we mentioned in the first half, they're really in the process of working with future tenants to make a space and make, just really make it work for that tenant. So You can find out more about that in Bobby's complete story, which we have linked right in the info box of this episode. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can find a link to On Milwaukee. Check out Bobby's complete piece there. I encourage you to do that because you can see all the photos we talked about and uh, find out more information about the the history of the building, which is pretty pretty rich. You dug up a lot of really cool details here. Podcasts here on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Urban Spelunking is supported by Landmark Credit Union with support from On Milwaukee and your membership. Please do subscribe to this podcast we're putting out new content and talking about different milwaukee buildings and history every single week here in 88.9 so subscribe if you're not already and uh, rate and review the podcast as well we'd love to hear your feedback did i say handcrafted sonic inspiration by the the, the license lab not yet i'm going to say it twice well handcrafted sonic inspiration it comes from the license lab we thank you for listening to this episode and check out last week's episode if you missed it we were also in downtown milwaukee uh, somewhat close to this building um, at the, the the Lawrence Block building. So if you missed that, got a nice little downtown
1: packet for you. All right, we'll talk to you next week, Bobby. Talk to you then.